Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Left Wing Back podcast. I'm your host this evening, Brian O'Donoghue. We went into a weekend of GEA with uh, four teams left in each of the championships, and we finished on Sunday evening with two teams left in each. We've a jam-packed show to bring you. Just to thank our sponsors, first of all, we have uh, Earth Spas, Scats, Bouncer Castles, Dials uh, Hardware in Bagnellstown, J&J Services, uh, uh, Sean, uh, Seamus Byrne Electrical, Carlo Electrical Services, Railwood Unlimited, The Arboretum, PFT Travel, and um, uh, Tablet Fitness. Got them all in, Kev. Uh, delighted to be joined by the uh, founder of the Left Wing Back podcast, Kevin Regan. Good evening. Good evening, Brian. How's things? Um, not good, Kev. Not good. And uh, also <laughs> delighted to be joined by the legend that is drum roll, please, Mr. James Clark. Good evening. Good evening. How are you, Clarky? Um, I I would have said that after Friday night there was only one game we'd be starting with, and it would have been the Cox and Ballon because that was unlike anything I know, Kev. Uh, you'd ever commentated on, but even uh, listening in, couldn't get to the game. Listening in, it was incredible. And then we had that game tonight where um senior semi final. And it's decided on penalties, and it was as dramatic a finish uh, to a senior semi final as I think anyone has ever seen uh, in Netwatch Cullen Park, and uh, that's that's where we have to start. Um, it was it, it had everything, didn't it? It did, Dunsbury. Yeah, in fairness, it, it had literally I would say everything in, in in the game over the course of the the eighty odd minutes. Um, I mean, we were never really going to have a, a proper spectacle in the normal plus extra time because of the conditions. But yes. what we did have was excitement. And mm-hmm. I suppose Raffili stole a march in the earlier part of the game. Their first five scores, I think, Brian, came with it was a shot being taken at the post from open play. Right? They were all frees. Um, at, at least four, if not the first five, anyway. And Aero looked in a little bit of bother. Like, I think Aero went about 20, 20 odd minutes or so without scoring in the in the first half. But sure, it's typically Aero. They don't try in the towel. They, they find a way. They lost Sean Gannon. I mean... They were right to start Gannon, in my opinion. Um, because when you have someone like that who is a bit of a doubt, go from the get-go, see what mm-hmm. you get, you're losing one sub. But if you go try to bring him in in the last five minutes, well, there's another sub gone. Um, and maybe that's a good place to bring Clarkey in, actually. Right call, I would say, Clarkey, is it? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, whatever you can get out of Sean Gannon, especially, listen, Sean is a leader in the dressing room, he's a leader on the pitch, the last thing you want in the dressing room is hearing that you're you, probably your most experienced player uh, through the years, um, the man who gets the ball, who gets frees for you. Uh, the last thing you want to hear in the dressing room is that he hasn't made it because that, that's a real downer, you know. And um, I think absolutely right to start him. I probably would have put him in around the full forward line. But I do think because he went off so early in the game, I don't know how much extra damage he's done to his hamstring. Um, I'd say Star Gagans will be uh, probably a new star tonight. <laughs> yeah. I think from from a from a Raffili perspective, obviously um, we got word kind of filtering through during the week that um, Brendan and, and Barry John were going to be out. And um, from a, a Raffili perspective, when Gannon goes off after five minutes, you're blessing yourself. And then when Mark Fury goes off a few minutes later, you're double blessing yourself and thinking maybe this is actually in some way going to even up a bit here. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I suppose like if, if we could have had one minute our Brendan, it might have been the, the, the minute that, um, but he just obviously uh, wasn't fit to, wasn't fit to play. Um, mm. I want to ask the two about the, uh, about the, the way the game ended. Um, 
for any neutral, it was as dramatic a finish as you can get. But Clarkie, what do you think of a game being decided on penalties? Uh, I'm not in agreement with it. Absolutely. The, the, the more we stay away from soccer, the style game, the better for me. Um, I think both teams put in so much effort during the game, during the year. I think both teams, any club deserves another shot at it over 60 minutes and not to be decided on penalties. Um, I think uh, for me looking at it, I, I was intrigued to see why the two subkeepers went up as well. And seemingly what happens there is, and I only found out this evening, um, what happens there is that if your keeper gets injured, you can just put in the subkeeper. Okay. But the interesting part was, I suppose, Darrell O'Brien um, went down with a very severe case of cramp. And if he would have had to, would he have to go around and, and take a, another penalty the second time around again? I mean, I've seen him going back out towards the middle. Now, he didn't get to that. But if he wasn't able to take a penalty, I mean, there's loads of issues. But I think the big issue is there's no way uh, a, a GAA match should finish on penalties. No way. Mm. Kev, I know you have strong feelings on this. And I'll be honest, it, let's say if the Tenryl and Bagnason game had, had gone to penalties and that kind of a dramatic finish as well, like from a neutral point of view, you'd be saying it, it, it's so dramatic. Obviously, you know, it really hurts the team that lose and it's it's elation for the team that wins. Um, but Kev, there's room in the calendar, isn't there? There absolutely is, and I wanted to do a bit of homework on this just to make sure, and also just for complete and utter clarity, and let Adrian Corcoran be my witness in the press box. Before a penalty was taken, I turned around and I said, there's just something incredibly uncomfortable about this. This just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And I was nearly praying for, I think it was the Mead County Board Chairperson either this year or last year, I went out and he says, lads, this is not happening. So broke the rule in the GA himself as chairperson and said, no, there is. There's going to be a replay. It was it's it's uncomfortable. It's the rule that's in place. There's we have to we have to live with it. But yeah, I looked at the calendar again, and you're looking at the 21st slash 22nd of October for the first round of Leinster. That's a month in full from today, right? Mm. And I don't know. I mean, it's in place. That's the rule. We we see what happened up in awfully with rules yes they're there to be broken i don't think anyone would have been too upset if if this particular rule was broken it gave us the excitement unser like we're going to be talking about this for for years to come but i well yeah like clark i think personally what these guys give up i think they make deserve another day out you're talking about likes of gannon and fury going off there and mark mullen and Cormac walsh today for ten and they have a week to get right when it doesn't really have to be that way and also from the point of view of like i mean Penalties, yes, they're taken in soccer. There's a welfare thing there as well. I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're putting their, their fucking head through the ringer in the GA match in something that's completely obscure. Penalties is not a part of the GA, hasn't been part of the heritage only the past couple of years. Um, it gave us great excitement, but there's something there's something not right about it. But I don't want to take away from my rogue in saying that. I would be saying this if it was Tin Ryland and Binders on as well. Something fucking odd about it. Really, really odd. And there's a whole conversation, I think, as well around. Are, are a GEA goalposts and the distance out suitable for a penalty shootout? It's not, it's like, not fair on any goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> and, the two, and the two lads were amazing today, you know. The two made some great saves. Fair play to them. Um, but, I mean, uh, the bottom line is they should never go to penalties in the GEA. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I suppose the, the other thing um, is trying to look at it from a, an objective point of view. Both teams uh, could have had chances to win the game, both in normal time and in extra time. Probably the lowest score in extra time in the history of extra time. Uh, and, uh, but in, in one sense, because neither team was able to take away the score for Nick and, and power on and, and kick that winning score, is there that argument to say, well, look, maybe you don't deserve a second bite at the cherry and penalties the sorts out? Or, I don't know, it's a, it's a tricky one. There was other things happened in the game as well. Um, and we have to, in one sense, give David Hickey a little bit of, uh, how would you say, a little bit of a, uh, I don't know what the word is, but just at, at the end of normal time, there's about, by I reckon there was 15 seconds on the scoreboard clock, and I think it was Connor Dyle was just about to get the ball in the arrow calf, but he had an open field in front of him, and the full time whistle was blown. And um, I know you could see David pointing to its attendant players on my watch. Definitely, the the, the, six, the 64 was up or 66 was up, whatever it was, 66, uh, and um, the both like players were going, should look at the clock at the scoreboard. In my experience. As soon as the ball is thrown up, you can see that the first second tick off on the on the scoreboard in in Netwatch Cullen Park. We have to give uh, David the benefit of the doubt here, I suppose, don't we? Uh, it's a, big, uh, yeah, it's a big thing, I suppose. Yeah, go on, Clark. Go on ahead. Yeah, yeah sorry, listen. There was a lot of disgruntled uh, Ralph Billy people, and you can see why because the team in possession uh, th- th- that was a real open field. Uh, Connor, he had it. Um, I mean, they were, they were straight down the middle. Not saying they would have scored, but to me. If I was a referee, I'd be given the chance to the to the person. Listen, give them a chance. At, if they were to get held up further down the field, then blow it up. No problem. Um, but listen, David Hickey is a very good referee. Um, you know, I, I mean, he was going by the time. Uh, it seemed a bit strange to me. It was it was strange, Brian. I suppose it, it, by the same token, like, we have to give great credit to both sides, obviously. But, but A-Rogue in sticking in there, as they do... I mean, there was a an expert elsewhere tipped somehow tipped their road to be in relegation final. I don't get that. How could you put Aerog in relegation final? They are Aerog. As Thurlow said, they don't get beat by too much if they are going to be beat. And they certainly weren't going to throw in the towel today. Uh and like in fairness, a lot of people cut the back off of Thurlow and Tommy last year. They said they should be gone because they didn't get past the quarter final. And they're back in a final now. And regardless of what happens. I mean, I think a lot of the, I think a lot, a lot of that criticism was was quite heavy. And yes, there's high expectations in the club. They fully expect to be in county finals every year, and they fully expect to win them when they get there. So maybe when they don't get past the quarter final, there's a certain amount of that reasonable. But I would say from their point of view, they deserve a little bit of credit. They've taken that flack. They've put their trust in young guys like Mark Bean, like Darren Madrout, like Owen Byrne, young Brady that scored the penalty. This is a new era outside. Really enjoyed you know? your uh, your your interview with with uh, Josh Brady. Uh, he was genuinely speechless. He actually he reminded me of um, the, the the Greek guy that uh, scored a winning penalty for Liverpool in the in the was it the FA Cup final. Panic uh, was them. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. And even the, the way he ran over to the to the Aero exporters, it was real. You know, there was uh, mm. fair shine. It don't get me wrong. I was absolutely raging. He scored it. Uh, <laughs> Peter, Peter wasn't a sniper on the scoreboard, but anyway. Um, but the, look, I mean, even within the penalties itself, like Rafaeli went three-one up 
I think, yeah. in the in the pens. And all they had to do was score one of their last two. And this is where probably like you have to give Johnny Fury great credit. I'd be in the goalkeepers union here as well to an extent, right? Um he he took gambles on at least two of the first three, and I think two went down the middle when he took the gambles to go to either side. He kept waited, like, you know, mm-hmm. and uh in moments like that, a lot of people and rightly will remember Josh Brady. He put away the winner. Mm-hmm. But if Johnny Freud wasn't made those two saves, lads, we're not going to yeah. sudden that. Yeah, that's the reality of it. You know? Keepers are always the heroes, lads. <laughs> don't, don't anyone tell you any different, Larry Clarky. Yeah, <laughs> and Clarky is a different like when you were in goals for a penalty, would you have been someone that would? pick a side and, and stick with it or do you try and jump move after the ball is kicked or what's the no def- definitely stay in the middle if it goes in the corner fair play to you uh i'm you know i have two dan donnelly long arms myself and i mean like <laughs> uh i can uh you know I, I mean if i stretch left if i stretch right i'm going to get a fair distance so bar you hit the penalty very good you know you have you have a decent chance um i can totally understand why the two keepers might have chose a side because the penalty spot is in ridiculously close, and um, like you know, uh, it's it's the, the the disadvantage of the goalkeeper, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> you're going to beat that room all evening, right? <laughs> um, oh, but look, yeah, look. So and Kev, you, you said it. Erog are, are back in the county final after probably been um, disappointed with their with their season last year, but they're they're, they're back at it. The other semi final today obviously was Tin Island and Bangladesh Gales. Loads of people saying about the style of football and this, that, and the other. But for any neutral watching that game, it was an absolutely fascinating chess match. And Tin Ryland were very, very organised, very, very disciplined, and it was um, no surprise to get to that, that it got they got over the line in the end, um, and in terrible conditions as well. Yeah, I, 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 I think the, the the turning point of that game was in the 37th minute when uh their i actually looked up <laughs> and uh where their keeper to the keeper was out and they lost the ball and the uh, bagness town didn't fully take advantage of um a shot on, on goal when there was no goalkeeper in and um to me that would have brought him back within i think a point and i think then it was game on now kieran cunningham made a fantastic save after that so maybe to the argument like that that they could have um went on then but i mean everybody's on about the style of tin Ryland. if it works for them it works for them it doesn't say on the nationalist cup how you win it you know um if it works for them now the only concern would be that are the over line still on paul Roderick? i mean he, he kicks some fantastic scores today unbelievable footballer always has been always will be um are the over lines on him probably um and with their system, the one team that you know that can score from distance is probably Arog. Now, Arog, Arog only kicked two points from play today, I think, and that would be unheard of in Arog terms. But, um, I mean, they can kick scores from from distance and they will probably have to pull their line out a small bit, you know, to mm-hmm. deal with that, you know. Uh, there was a very funny moment. And it, well, it wasn't funny at the time for, for Paul and for John Murphy, but uh, Broderick had a free uh, about 40-odd metres out and he wanted the ball changed and uh, he threw it to John Murphy and John gave it a squeeze and said, no, the, the ball is fine. And you could see Paul going, I, I, I don't want to kick this ball, you know? And he anyway, he, he, made him, he made him kick it, it dropped short and as Paul was running away, he pointed back at John and said, that's, that's your fault, that, he, that the, uh, 
that the uh, Paul definitely wasn't trying to waste time around. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think they had. A, I was chatting to Paul briefly after the after the match, and I, th- I think him and Jonathan had a, a bit of a chat about it afterwards. And Jonathan said to him, "I just thought you were trying to waste time." But, <laughs> yeah. but I, I was curious though. If a player asks for a, a, a new ball, is he not entitled to a new ball? Or no, I don't think so. Uh, it's all up to the discretion of the referee and his, his officials. I think. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, Kev, Bagnestown have some like really, really, really good footballers. And I said it to somebody a couple of years ago that I reckoned, so in say in 2020, I reckon Bagnestown would be in a senior county final within five years. And I still think they have the spine of a really strong team there. You've Alfie Corcoran, two Clarks, um, Robbie, um, um, Kane, Kane, sorry, uh, Penny McDonald. Like there's, there's seriously good footballers there. They're not too far away. Uh, they're not too far away, but I was a bit disappointed in them today because I thought there was times where they could have had genuinely a real re- go and, and a bit of abandonment. And not, I mean, they didn't have to do anything drastically. It was fairly clear where, for me, where Penn Ryland have a little bit of weakness, and that's with a high ball in around the square. Yeah. Uh, and Darren Olin was very unlucky not to get a goal from one in around the square. Mm-hmm. I thought there was an incident in the first half where Bynastown probably should have had a penalty when a high ball came in around the square. I think Jamie Clark hit the deck. The one in the second half, a high ball comes in around the square and Dylan, or not Dylan, Danny Doyle uh, hit the deck. Probably not as clear cut as Jamie mm-hmm. Clark's one, but probably on the side of a penalty rather than not a penalty. Um, and I'm not making excuses for them because I do think Tyn Ryland were a little bit better. Clark, you mentioned that goal-scoring opportunity. Now, that came from Bidenstown putting pressure higher up the field, and the ball was ripped away and turned over. And Tin Ryland look very good when they're outside the opposition 45 and the ball is coming across the field. Now, I'd like to see someone go at them and challenge them in that middle third and a little bit higher, because are they as comfortable on the ball when they're under that bit of pressure? Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. And that's probably where Aero might look at is... A high ball in around the house and putting a bit of a squeeze on them. Now, look, there's no doubt about it. They are very, very dangerous from a counter attack themselves, especially on a dry day. And it just goes to show when you get a ball to Paul Roderick and Dermot Walsh, they will make that half yard even when it's not there to get a shot away. They're two of the best guys in the county at doing it. Um, and if you look at the three scores from play that the two guys got, say, between them today, they were that type of kind of score. Um, Alfie went over onto Broderick, I think, after he got the two points from play. And mm-hmm. it was a very good battle to look at. He was unlucky near the end. Not quite sure. That could have been the free or Tombow, actually, when yeah. there was a, a clash of uh, leaps. Yeah. 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 Alfie was uh, irate with that. And if Alfie's irate, I would say he's probably innocent because it's not <laughs> in his nature. So from that point of view, um, like, Biden sound probably, I think they know that they're better than what they showed today. I mean, three points is a pretty poor showing, guys, regardless of what the conditions but, are. But do, you, do, you know, do you know what the big point is? that, And I know it happened to Lachlan last week, and, and I think the structure of the championship is horrendously wrong. That's their fifth week in a row playing, and that's, it's very, very hard to get up at the same intensity, same level, every week in a row, especially mm. when, maybe like old Lachlan, we have small panels of lads you can bring on. I mean, like, the, the, the two Clarks and Alfie Cochran, uh, I mean, like they, they have some fantastic Jack McCullough. I have to say, lads, I would love to see him in uh, 
yeah. county football jersey because uh, he is absolutely fantastic, like super, super athlete. And uh, everything was a bit flat today, but for five weeks in a row, like I think you mentioned it, Kevin, that there's not, uh, some months time until the first round championship. Why not just give a two-week break? I mean, like, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I think to, to, to get up to the level of a semi-final, you have to be fresh. You have to be, you know, I mean, you can't do it mentally, even let alone physically, week in, week out. I mean, everyone's amateurs. Everyone's working. Everyone's this and there. I, I think that's the main point. I, I really do think, you know. A couple of statistics that Bagnus and Gales will have to look at which are that they did 11 wides and they dropped five balls short into Kyle uh, Gaffney's arms or in, into a defender's arms. Now, in fairness to Tynwald Island, you'd have to say that there was a lot of times where Bagnestown were, were made to shoot either under intense pressure or from an angle that they normally wouldn't shoot from. So there's a combination of good defending versus poor shot selection. But in total, that's, that's 16 scoring opportunities. Uh, or well, 19 if you include the three points they got. There's 19 scoring opportunities, and to only kick three is just never going to get you over the line. Uh, obviously, um, a couple of comments that have uh, just come in there. Uh, Willie Minchin uh, just mentions that Kyle uh, Cochran asked for a change of ball when taking a free against Bagnestown in the quarterfinal and felt he couldn't ask a second time. Might be appropriate for County Board to have a have quality balls available for matches of such a, uh, significance. And he says, "Great analysis, Clarky. Hardly biased, Willie." Um, <laughs> but uh, that, that is interesting one. I, presumably, the balls that are used, the matches are, are um, just come from the clubs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think it's. I think a soccer the ref brings the ball in the boot of the car, but. Um... And a week though, you get locked into the back of it. <laughs> 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 Yourself, not just the ball. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Alan Boss says, couldn't agree with you more, James. The structure from juvenile up to senior is absolutely crazy. And uh, Bambi is in. There's a good. Uh, football. There's a good football in Lee Walker's backyard from Connor Dial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. Oh That's God. in relation to the end of uh, normal time. time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. or the in- yeah. injury time in normal time when Believe Connor wasn't after. particularly pleased. There was actually strong rumors that, that was Breyer to kick that, but uh, just was fair oh, distance God. in it. I'd say it was the, the I longest. Wouldn't kick wouldn't that far. I wouldn't have went that far if Breyer kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So look, I mean. Uh, what it does set up Brian and Clarky is uh, like you couldn't script this really with what mm-hmm. has gone on behind the scenes this year with mm-hmm. Ryan Lanero and this this league final. Um, I wonder will they double up now next Sunday? Just, just uh, it's the only option. It's the it's the only option. It, it it, it's, it's it's an extra gate though if they don't. Isn't yeah, it? isn't that? It? And, and listen, listen. Common sense doesn't always prevail, you know. <laughs> That's, that's true as well. Um, yeah. I think it happened. We we played a junior final a couple of years ago, and it doubled as the, the league and, and championship to one day. Now it should of course, it should of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some some people might say, well, there's a difference between senior and junior, but when the, the theory is the same, you know, why not? Well, it's an easy um, fix for something that's gone to, uh, well, apparently or allegedly gone to DRA level. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this particular juncture, sure, it's that's certainly an easy fix at this stage. Yeah, anyway. maybe maybe someone maybe someone's getting married next week and they're going to have to change this one as well. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, it could be it could be a cheaper fix actually to uh, to not have it on the same day because I believe it's got to that level. So okay. that's it's interesting, but it does it does generate great intrigue. Now I don't have the exact year. I bet you Bambi will be back with this in two seconds. That Aero played in Ireland in the Senior Championship final, but they played in a clatter of minor finals, obviously um, yeah. in the early noughties and probably into. 
late 90s, possibly too. And sure, I mean, there's a rivalry there that exists from, I'd say, going back to maybe the 70s and 80s that now is getting its chance to be rekindled mm-hmm. at senior level. And I don't know what it is, guys, about this championship or these championships across all the grades, but there's been something magical for me about the stuff that's happening. And I know we'll come to it later on, Brian, with the junior and stuff, but like yeah. Paddy Byrne's story the other night was phenomenal. Paddy Byrne Class. was listening to our commentary on the way to Ballon and the Cox because his wife, Antoinette, had just given birth to Ayla, Ayla. New, uh, new baby daughter, right? So uh, he kindly then, well, he turns up to the match, plays the last 10 minutes. Ballon loses a cracker. We'll come to it later, I know, but has a chat with us. like, And it just really encapsulates what is important. You have the colour of, of Alan Quigley, right? Okay, yeah. there's a few F-bombs in there. But if every interview was as honest as that, lads, you know. And then today, and I'll share this photo afterwards, just before I went to speak to Johnny Fiore, he was on the phone to his mum, who was unwell at the minute, like. Oh. Little things like that are what our games are all about. The handshakes between the five players taking penalties for Raffili and Aero. Mm. That's why we love this thing, lads. Plain and simple. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I know we're not going to do predictions. Uh, obviously, the final will be next weekend, and y- you're looking at a, an aerog team who need to. The whole the, for both teams, the whole week's going to be about recovery. I don't think there'll be too many intense uh, training sessions this week. But if you were to say that there was a a, a favourite in it, I, I I don't think you can because you've got um, aerog who have knocked out who were the favourites at most people's eyes at this stage and a lot of those players have the experience of um the, the four in a row not too long ago and then you have this Tin Ryland team who are uh, coming this is their second final in a row and there's that they all saying sometimes you have to lose one to win one and there's a lot of despite that Tin Ryland team and um, they don't want to uh, finish their careers without um a senior championship so it's going to be absolutely uh, fascinating we might move it on to the intermediate unless one of you has Anthony Sad in the senior no, nope. not particularly. Probably won't have to have up for the match out in Ireland. That's all with, with this uh, whole thing that's going on. I would say we might have to look for a different venue. Uh, but that's, anyway, I think, that's if there's probably one at all, lads. Yeah. I think courtroom two in in the in the district court there is there is available. <laughs> <laughs> might, be, um, might be the safest option. Yeah, um, senior semi final or the intermediate semi finals were uh, thrilling as well uh, yesterday in. Um, Nevers Cullen Park, and um, we've a, a final now between Tullow and and Clamore, which will be uh, equally fascinating. I suppose in the in the Tullow game, on one hand you'd sort of say, Erogan one hand didn't turn up, the the goals really killed them. Uh, Tullow were very organised, uh, very efficient, and were in control really and truly from 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 the start. Um, but they they deserved their place in the final, uh, Clarky. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm delighted for Tolo. Uh, they worked really hard. Uh, I think uh, I was listening to Willie Quinlan uh, during the week, and I think he was dead right um, that the big decision that Tolo made this year was to go into the senior league division one. And while most teams might shy away from it and maybe just try to get wins under the belt and maybe try to get a division two title or whatever, uh, Tolo's decision to play upper grade uh, i mean they played raf billy i think to beat raf billy in tolo mm-hmm. um all Auckland went over tolo were missing quite a few that day and gave us a, a third time it, we're very lucky to get a win um so i think that has stood to tolo really really well um they're they're getting 
probably a faster pace of football all year, you know. Um, but what is intriguing is I was at the Clamore Tullow game the last day, and Clamore really dominated for a long time, and they looked very good, you know. Um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully Tullow can uh, reverse that, maybe. <laughs> and there's, there's an interesting side story, and... Uh, Obviously, Clarky, as a former Tuller player yourself, but there was an interesting scenario because Jerry McGill started yeah. in the goal for yes. for St. Pat's. That's uh, right. You know, and, and, uh, James, uh, yeah, because uh, James Tobin was in goal and uh, his his uh, baby was getting christened. christened and right. uh, it's just uh, just the way it worked. Um, listen, Jerry is fantastic. I mean, uh, who wouldn't want Jerry there? You know, um, he he answered the SOS and uh, he went in. I mean. Um, on short notice, Jerry had played played some league games as well for Tolo, so it wasn't as if he was yeah. new to it for for them or anything like that. So I mean, like, uh, listen, Jerry did fantastic. Kickouts were brilliant. Um, made two fantastic saves, you know. And that's Jerry McGill now, I suppose. Uh, doing against their rogue was probably. Uh, I'd say there were silent well, treatment when he went home. Uh, maybe, first. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Kev, Tolo were. Very impressive in in the semi final, but it was a very young Aerog team, and they will have uh, more to say probably in over, over the next couple of years because there's some uh, there's a good crew of players there as well. Ah, there is, and they're building. That's the thing with Aerog. I mean, um, there's years that they they won't win championships, but they've an awful tendency with inexperienced players of getting very far, which obviously um, pays dividends then in the coming years thereafter, as we're seeing with the with the senior setup. Um, Obviously, I didn't I didn't get to see that one, Brian. But the word on the street, I guess, and from what you were saying, is the the moments before half time ultimately probably decided. Uh-huh. But um, I suppose in, in general, um, and I know you'll have a word on Clamore and Grange. I believe Grange's shooting was probably a detrimental factor in that one. But but overall, if you're to disregard that for a second, you're probably still looking at the two most impressive teams all year in the final. In reality, like and. It is going to be a cracker, I think. Um, Tolo, like they've they've really they've made great progress in recent years, but they've they've added to it again this year. They they have like you know, and Definitely. it's uh, it's it's a cliche that's put out there a little bit, I suppose, but it is also reality. Whereby you look at the size of the place, and for them to not be senior for so long, mm-hmm. we need them back up there. But I mean, there's a completely different argument there then about. The size of the place and no hurling basically up that side, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the other side of it, but definitely. The population of uh, over 5,000 now, the third biggest town in Carlock Kenny. Uh, so that'll tell you exactly right. how, um, that, that'll tell you how big the population is. Obviously, very strong soccer up there, uh, very strong rugby as well. That, that's the thing that always gets said, I suppose. Uh, I, um, I, I think the, the big difference in Tolo in last year, this year, you're seeing the youth coming through. And the juvenile section of Tullow for the last, especially five, six years, has really thrived, you know. And all these players coming through, they're all young lads, they're all fit, big men, you know. And that's really coming through. And they're also young lads that want to train. And that's massive. And they want to listen. And I think that's that's the big thing with Tullow the last five or six years. That all the experts from winning the junior, like I suppose they were in the final of the junior, they didn't win it, but then they won it and then dropped into meet it. So this is going on, this is a process, you know. And uh, I think the last couple of years, juvenile, you're just seeing all them young lads coming through, and it's fantastic, you know, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. 
there's a man going to have a very difficult week this week is uh, Alan Costello. Uh, he's over Tullow, but he's principal out in uh, Clash Owen in Hackestown. So I'd say his, uh, I'd say his, there may be a few um, uh, interesting conversations in that school this week. Um, Grange and uh, Clamore then, your heart will grow to Grange. They've such limited numbers, but every single the die with their boots on, um, and probably just came up against a, a, a more organised um, panel. And a much Clamore had a, a lot of experience to bring off the bench. Owen Coleman came on, uh, Croc Mulvaney came on. Coleman gets the crucial uh, score really that uh, that kills the game off. But it was a it was a really good game of football, a real like pure game of football. There was no sort of shite in it it was just uh it was just a, a really good contest um you would you're hard to go to grange wouldn't it really yeah can i just pick, pick you up on that actually brain because yeah. if you look at one simple subtle thing there and you've mentioned the two guys mulvani and coleman right so come more right mulvani has got his injury problems and possibly could be in line to start coleman maybe likewise but nevertheless they have the luxury of being able to bring them into a game yeah whereas grange with the likes of maybe a John Murphy, Pender didn't start a few games, but guys in around that age bracket, they're forced to start them. Now, Murphy be starting anyway, don't get me wrong, but as a generational thing, Clomore can bring in the experience. Grange have to go with it from the get-go. And I'm not going to say they're fighting a losing battle, but that's a big, big difference between those two whenever something's coming down the home stretch. I mean, we could be talking about this from a completely different point of view. Grange could be after getting the benefit of the doubt and going through despite all this or in spite of all this. Mm-hmm. But the point would, would still be relevant in the sense that that's there. Clomore have depth. Grange mm-hmm. probably don't have as much of it. And like St. Patrick's, they're not exactly um, shallow when it comes to uh, bringing a few guys off the bench either that can that can make a bit of a difference. So that's... 100%. It is depth. I, it is a numbers game. Clamore have some seriously impressive views. Oshin Dyle looks like he is a real player when... Uh, when things are going his way, and I tell you, I think one of their key men is Tom Pollard. He mm. gets through an absolute mountain of work, and there isn't a phase of play that goes by where Pollard doesn't seem to get his hands on the ball. It's uh, uh it's really impressive. Um, Clarky, um, I, I, you weren't at that game, were you? I wasn't at that game. No, I was just hoping that I was hoping for a total Grange final, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be more popcorn needed for uh, for that one, and for anyone that missed it, um, just before the the, the intermediate games yesterday, um, Billy Fannin came over looking for Kevin, and I said, "No, uh, Kevin's not here today." And uh, he pulled out in the, out of this tiny little backpack. It was like a Harry Potter uh, thing where he pulled this massive bucket of popcorn out of uh, this <laughs> tiny little backpack, and he said, uh, "There you go. That's for the for the Valen uh, Cox game, uh, which we come to in a moment." But sticking with the intermediate. I think we'd all agree the two best uh, teams in the Intermediate Championship yeah. here have reached the final. Definitely. Um, yeah. um, I know, Kev, we're not going to do predictions, but the two most well-drilled, the two most organised uh, teams in it, and two teams who probably feel that they've, uh, I don't want to say a God-given right, but two teams who would feel that they'd probably belong in the in the Senior Championship. I knew I grew, I grew up expecting Raffili and Clamore to meet in the, in the senior um, every year. And it's a, it's a long time since uh, since they've been there. So it's going to be one hell of a, a final next week. Ah, it's going to be a cracker. Of course it is. Yeah, for sure. And, and like that, I mean, yeah, I I would associate Clamore largely with senior championships rather than juniors or, or intermediates as such. 
Um, and like, don't forget, St. Patrick's have endured a relatively difficult enough period as well by the, by their standards. And Clark, you'll remember them being um, a pretty good and played for a fairly solid uh, senior outfit or whatever. Uh, actually, one thing I probably should have done, actually, to give it the, the clearer picture. Do you know what? See this piano in the corner? When you went over to O'Loughlin, is that what you spent the money on, was it, when they gave you the two bobs? <laughs> one of many things, yeah. One of my, did you see the fireplace? That's how it's stone development. Brendan Kind of Furniture, our, um, our hurling sponsor, probably looked after the surround yeah. there, as well, I would say. But I don't know, we're only having to crack. But look, the two sides, we you couldn't begrudge either of them going up senior. I mean, it would be... Uh, like they're the last two years junior champions, I think. Uh, no, St. Patrick's won it in 2021, but it was 2020 final. Mm-hmm. Is that right? The junior yes. and then Grange won in 2021, 2021, if that makes sense. Obviously, with COVID, yes. it flustered things around. So, like, they're relatively new to going up Clamora, a little bit newer, of course. And for them to get a double bounce if that does happen is, is amazing stuff. But in many respects, it's probably important from their point of view that they pull the trigger on this opportunity because. Just look to the, the junior this year, for example, and Lachlan Bridge. They like, put as championship favourites, can't get past the quarterfinals. Yeah. Finals in Carlo are difficult to get to. You have to strike well there and it's hot. Call it? No idea. Honestly, let's think about that for a few days. And to, to give some of the colour as well, um, the the Hickeys. So you have, you have Paddy and James Hickey on the Grange team and their first cousin, Jake, uh, playing playing for Clamore, came on in the, in the second half. Like, where else would you get um, get to a semi-final stage? And I was actually sitting beside um, Liam in the stand and uh, you could you could tell he, obviously, he had to, had to be back in uh, Jake, but uh, it was seriously, um, yeah, th- that kind of thing is just, that's what GA is all about, isn't it? Like, Especially, yeah. There's a cracker of a comment there, Brian. You may get to it. I don't know if you can see it down there at the bottom. Uh, Bambi's or Bambi's one, yeah. Uh, took me place in the goal. Now the podcast, Darky. That is class. In fairness, um, you just start hustle on that. Just on that one, Darky. I suppose when when he brings it up. I mean, like you spoke about that in in Kieran Murphy's book. When whenever you did that, I mean. It wasn't a God-given right that Stevie was going to step aside or whatever. No, um, no. And just whenever you came over to Lockton. Yeah, well, the first thing you have to do is respect uh, what Stephen did. I mean, like, he was, in, he was in goal for the first championship winning team in 97, you know, and they really paved the way for the rest of us. And, I mean, the first thing you do is you come in and you train as hard as you can. Uh, you totally respect everybody. Um, I mean, if it didn't, if the chance didn't come for two or three years, you still work, 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 and uh, I just privileged to be involved with all Auckland out in this village because the village is just absolutely fantastic, and uh, for uh, for me and my family to be out here is just is the greatest place in the world, and um, it, it's it's just fantastic. The people are just brilliant, and you have to. And that's the reason why I probably joined Old Auckland because um, to, to get to know everyone in a small village, uh, I mean, GA is obviously everything out here. And when you, you'd never be an outsider out here, but I mean, when you join the, join the club, um, I mean, it makes you really, really feel uh, that you're, that you're, you finally made it uh, in the village, you know. So listen, I was just lucky that Stephen was at the age he was, was at, and we're rubbing WD forty on him. 
you know, to get him, <laughs> get him up. <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah, so listen, I, I did not die. It took me opportunity around like that, but uh, it's not, so Stephen was relieved. And I was more relieved when Stephen went because <laughs> it wasn't a case of me taking over. It was a case of Stephen actually just uh, stepping stepping away and, and enjoying other things like running the breed and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you still look fit. Could you Could you not still play for the senior football now? Uh, no, well, Barry Hayes is a brutal manager, lads. You would never pick him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, uh, I, was, I was talked out last weekend. Uh, I have the junior A relegation final next Friday night against Tin Ryland as well. So, listen, when you just love playing, is I mean, the last thing that kind of started, like I was talking to Jerry McGill, I was texting Jerry last night, and, and the point I made to Jerry was uh, the last thing that probably stops working is, is your football brain, you know? And uh, you might be twice as sore as a, a young lad after after playing and stuff like that. But I mean, the last thing that stops is probably your brain. And while you, while you still can, I mean, when you retire, you retire. You can't come back at it. So um, once well, Barry Hayes gets his he gets he gets his thoughts right, you know, you know, you never know. But <laughs> well, I hope to God that relegation match goes to penalties. Give <laughs> 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 me some crack. Ah, um, Jesus. Uh, just just on that though, Brian, to to, to jump yeah. in on that point actually. Um, the, the work that, like, no doubt, I know what to do with Clarkey in terms of like your involvement with Flesh in the last couple of years. And you can see improvements in, in Stephen Scallon's game as well. And I know you'll be modest and say you had no hand actor apart, but I know you're very much involved in that, in that whole process, in in probably just trying to get a little bit more out of Stephen. I thought his kickouts were good this year. I thought his shot stopping was, was pretty good and um, something that you would have seen pretty close up. Well, I, I tell you what, um, Stephen is a fantastic goalkeeper and um, he's added so much to O'Loughlin, especially he's so accurate with short kickouts. It's crazy, lads. I think there was one match this year in the championship where he, he got 100% of 100% kickouts and he's a brilliant lad. Absolutely trains trains is harder than anyone that I've ever seen. Um, and you know what is he will be i would say asked into the county team this year i hope he goes in he's um i think he'll he'll fit into the process in there um you know i, I know the lads in the county kieran cunningham uh, uh fury I, I i i mean like he's going to fit in there lovely and he'll push the lads you know and i mean he has come on not that he's come on leaps and bounds he was always a brilliant goalkeeper. he used to play outfield for us and um, then he must have heard a few uh, creaks and cracks out of me when I was going to get a ball one time. And uh, I mean, it's fantastic now that he's in goal for O'Loughlin and there's there's no better man. I, I, I 100% trust him. Um, I, I love going to games and we do the warm up together. And it, it, takes, it makes me realise, thanks be to God, I'm not going up against this guy to get in goal because I never would, you know. So There's another point there, Clarky, as well, actually, that you just touched on. Uh, Regan Murphy obviously didn't play today. Robbie Malloy went back in the stakes. Regan's a, a former out, outfield player. Johnny Fury once upon a time was an outfield player. Cottle Gaffney was centre back for Tim Ryland a couple of years ago. Uh, well, Tim Brennan's on the opposite for Rangers. He's gone wing back, um, but uh, played in goal for the 20s last year and actually stood in goal for the penalty against Bagnason a few weeks back. Because you imagine that, Brian? I don't know if we spoke about that in the podcast. No. Dean Brennan actually stood out of the goal. So wing back Tim Brennan could go in and try to save the penalty, which was which was nuts. But it's a common team in the game that we are now seeing, whereby guys that served their time as outfield players are going into the goal. Uh, Clarkie, you just didn't outfield with the county, Clarkie, as well, sir. 
I did, yeah, and that's why I'm not held to move properly ever since. <laughs> you know? yeah. But I, I think uh, I think Mickey Hart did it with Lau, didn't he? And the, the two sub keepers walked off the panel, as far mm-hmm. as I know. And um, listen, I mean, if somebody's comfortable going in the goal, um, you know, work away. But I, I, I wouldn't be moving out of the way to let me half back in if I was facing the penalty. No way. And, and the, the position has changed so much. I was even just, I don't know what struck me about the, the two games today, but the fact that kickouts are now taken from the 20 metre line. Like, it's not too long ago where ball goes wide, you're taking the kicker from the small square. I mean, that's it's a, it's a huge difference to um to, to the position in terms of the more and the importance on the kick out now. If the day of putting the, the fellow who's a good shot stopper and someone else can take the kick out, um, those days are rapidly disappearing if they're not already gone, you know. Yeah, well, I think, I think even if you take from even soccer, I mean. You know, you look at Pep Guardiola. He he brought in your man straight away. He dropped Joe Hart because he he was he was able to play with, with soccer ways. You know, better with his feet. Uh, I think the thing about football is, and I was saying it for years, of course, no one would believe me. So was Stephen Bambrick that the goalkeeper is the most important person on the whole pitch. But um, uh, yeah, well, it is now. You know, because possession is nine tenths of the law, and that's that the, the thing that gets me with GAA, and it absolutely kills me. Why give up the kick out? Why give an easy uh, kick out to the left or right? You know, and if I was ever over teamed, there was no way that'd be happening. I think it's too easy. You know, I mean, uh, Robbie Malay's kick outs today were absolutely superb. Uh, I mean, mm, he was absolutely on the sideline. He was getting them right out to the sideline. Um, I mean, Robbie is fantastic, uh, but I, I do think kick outs are they're they're there. Like, I mean, like I think the opposition should make it as hard as they can on kick outs. You know. I think if I was Tardo O'Brien, I'd be starting uh, two big men in the centre of midfield and forced in Ryland to kick long myself if I was doing that, you know. But listen. Would Ryland, do you think, give um, a rogue the kick out? Because I know for, I, I can't stand over this and say that they did it for the whole game today. But for a lot of time, Ryland gave Bynes on the kick out. And yes. <laughs> They come out five point winners on another day when that goal chance is taken a little bit earlier, Robbie puts it away and the penalty is going. Maybe you'd be saying, Well, that's their downfall. It didn't seem to hinder them too much. Is that Clarkie like a, the exception rather than the rule because they're so good at that um defensive wall? Or would you even say from Tinryland's point of view that they possibly should push up as well? Or does that leave them exposed? Is that not playing their rogue's hands then? Like, yeah, well, uh, I think. The, the probably the, the, the trouble with Tin Ryland system is that they'll always keep you in the game because you'll always have the ball yeah, mm. more so than Tin Ryland will. And it's what you do with that ball, you know. Now they're they're practicing this system for two years. Now, in fairness, I think they've only lost one match in two years, and that is the the, the county final last year. So their system is working um, for them. Now, can they can they translate that into scores? You know, um, again, I mean, like, I think a rogue will probably have the edge on kickouts if they go along, especially if they start Murta where around the middle. If listen, I can see maybe Murta starting Jordan going center back if um, Mark Fury can't play. So, I mean, Murta is a big, big man, you know, and uh, I think, I think if they go along on kickouts, it's going to sue Hero. I, the one thing Bagginstown couldn't do today was break the line 
time, like I don't know how many times they had to go cross field or even go through the hands, five or six players going across the 45. And time and time again, they looked to Clarky to try and pick an unbelievable pass out, like needle in a needle and tread type stuff. Um, but Aerog do have the players, be it Jordan Morrissey, be it Darrell O'Brien, be it Colin Mullins, uh, uh, Colin Hulton. Those lads, with the pace they have and with the confidence they have, they'd have no bother trying to pick a gap and at least trying to go through where Bagnestown just did not seem to have the, I suppose, the organization or the, the preparedness to actually to mm. make those lines today. You touched on um, one important thing. Yeah. You touched on one very important thing from today that I actually meant to bring up earlier in relation to that game. If you, you see, when you're a pitch level and you're a player, it's hard to see this. We're up a little bit elevated, right? You can see obviously a little bit more. But at times, if you looked at where Tin Ryland put the wall, the bank across the 45, it was essentially across the 45. Bagnestown's was a little bit deeper, offering that bit more protection. But where Bagnestown missed the trick was two things actually. Not looking inside that initial layer, where often it was two on two. Mm. At very worst, three on two. And then the second part of that is the runs over and back in between. If you're constantly making those runs in a three on two, you can think a ball in over that blanket, lads. Now, I appreciate it is difficult to see it when you've got a hateful lad six foot plus lined across the initial bank. But mm. that's somewhere that you could get a little bit of joy. And I'm looking down there, you mentioned your McCarran's like McCarran was quite enough now today, right? By his high standards. And he is only a kid still, put away the penalty, lovely, my dad. But Dunphy was a little bit quieter today than what he was the previous day. Dunphy was, was double marked today. He like, was. Sure, they had yeah. to. And they had to as well, in fairness to him. Yeah. But you see the way he led the Rangers' defence and Mary Dance. If they can pop oh. a ball into him like that, and that's three on two, like that is serious danger. And I'm sure they'll identify that. Um, or, or if you said, as you said earlier, Kevin, um, maybe they looked a bit suspect under the high ball. Would you throw Murta in full forward? And... Uh, it's going to be hopefully a better day next week and we'll, we'll dry our ball and get the ball into him, you know? I mean... Mm. And, and look, and Tarkin, spot on, right? Because you could do what you say, for example, and put Murta into the middle, sit Jared Morrissey back, centre-back. And while Mark Fury is a massive loss, you're looking at that and you're thinking, Jesus, that's... How is that? You're looking out, that's not really weakening too much, which sounds like a ridiculous thing to say. Fury is a great player. But Mortar Ware is a serious operator too. He made a difference today. Yes, you could put him on the square, but there's an ace in the pack here, lads, right? And it's not someone that people will pick out ordinarily. But I remember seeing him play, he was only 18 or 19, three or four years ago, and that's Kyle O'Byrne. He came on today, he's six foot five or six, lads. And I think it was against the Blues in the intermediate semi-final, and he was a handful. Now, is that something that Ryan will be expecting? Don't know. Um, but if he was in on the edge of the square, and you had that as your option, or Marta, Whichever which way, things become interesting all of a sudden. Then you might have a John Murphy or a, Sh- a Shane Ribbon having to go back full back. Is Kyle, do, is his nickname Future? Jeez, no? I don't know, but it's some name. No, I, anyway. it was, yeah, <laughs> well, it'll have to be present now. If, yeah, at this stage, yeah. Maybe yeah. someone from Airog, if they're, if they're listening or watching, if they can comment and tell us. If, I'm nearly sure one of, the, one of the Burns or something was nickname was, was Future. It's a brilliant nickname. Um, we kind of segued away from the intermediate just oh, to yeah. go back to yeah. uh, Clamore and, and Tolo uh, in that final. Um, it's going to be a ding dong battle. And I, uh, you would have to give them the same respect as what we were saying about the senior uh, lads and that a week is a, such a short 
uh, turnaround for, for, for shocking, yeah, yeah. shocking. Yeah. shocking. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I mean, like Jesus, it is just four weeks to the to the first round Leinster for senior. Like it must be something similar for intermediate. I don't know, but I mean, like everyone deserves a chance to play in the final. And there's obviously lads going to be injured from a semi final or whatever it is. But I I would say everybody deserves a chance to play in the final. You know, and even from a I can tell you as a former chairman of a, of a club. Um, even getting the bunting up around the villages, yeah. or, get, or you know, um, we did we did a thing uh, one year. We got to the final, and the, we got the seniors got a new set of jerseys, and every young person in the village wanted the new jersey. And mm-hmm. we'd that, at least that time we had a couple of weeks to mm-hmm. um tr- try to get the orders in. So many things can't be done in a week, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Byrne was nicknamed the future. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Pajot, for that. Appreciate that, uh, Andy. Okay, so not not Kyle Byrne, but maybe next, maybe as of as of today, uh, Kyle could be future two or something. Back to the future two. Um, <laughs> yes, that's, that that covers off the intermediate. Um, Kev, over to you for uh, the Junior A semi-finals. I was listening to the commentary of the Cox and Ballon uh, in particular the other night, and uh, your voice broke several times uh, with the goals going in, and it just seemed to be an absolute better of a of a game hit puberty at 32 years of age as i was saying um <laughs> yeah look it was it was a belter absolutely um it was the, the most enjoyable game i think i've ever commentated on it had everything um like the fighting cock set up for a nullification of an expected fast start from ballon and it didn't work out for them because ballon lean brennan out this was talk about a knife through butter type of pass uh, inside the Duffy early on he puts it in the back of the net Cox are on the on the back foot and then ah man it just it was trills and spills from, from there on it was in Port of Ventura in May and there's a roller coaster called the Dragon Can it was Dragon Can on steroids as well it was um, I, 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 I cannot find words to sum up just how good a game it was but I'll give you a simple enough probably breakdown scores of the highest calibre Passing of the highest caliber, runners off the shoulder, simple things, right? But done to an exceptionally high standard, make for a great game of football. Tackling, the most underrated skill in Gaelic football. We blanket defenses now because of shy tacklers, and not just shy tacklers, <laughs> guys who weren't coached to tackle properly. It's mm-hmm. probably the, the best way of putting it. But if you have enough guys that are able to tackle properly, I don't know if you see as many blanket defenses. But Ballon in particular in the early stages, the work rate from their forwards and their tackling ability. Like we're talking about forwards working back and putting in perfectly in tackles. That was a beautiful facet of it. You're thinking to yourself, how can you talk about such great tackling when one team scores five six and the other scores two thirteen? That's the type of game it was. It was that crazy. Like coming down the home stretch in particular. Like if, if people if people want to listen to any of it, go back and listen to the last ten or fifteen minutes of it because you just couldn't call it. There was goals going in left, right, and center quickly. Had an audacious effort. He was right, I suppose, as well. It was bizarre. Ballon keeper Keen Bourne hits the deck. Uh, clearly injured. Players allowed to play on. I, our fairness, even if there was no rule about a head injury or whatever, stopped the play. Goalkeeper's doing out in force here again, of course. Yep. But quickly gets the ball on the, on the 65 on the terrorist side. There's an empty goal. It's on the side of the grounds mm-hmm. where yeah. he used to play. He used to be a blues man. You picture all this. You just picture all this. Goes for it. Makes an absolute hames of it. But it was the right thing to do. He was right to have a pop at it. There was just a, as Broly says, there was a sense of adventure 
um, <laughs> about the whole game. And there's something so pure about that Junior A Championship. I love the Junior A Championship. I love the Intermediate Championship, probably more so than than uh, than the senior one, if I'm brutally honest, because maybe of those errors, because of that that pureness or wherever you want to put it. Uh, and characters on a few technical because so it's really getting back on the screen. But that's that was the nuts and bones of that. And I mean, it's that whole thing, Brian. Like that was the first game that are nice. So how do you even as someone that's involved in broadcast bring yourself back down to earth to try and paint some sort of a picture on the second game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like I do they always try and put the football on before the hurling on, on um on on telly because if you try to watch a football game after a hurling game, just just the pace of it and everything, it just becomes a, a an issue. Yeah. But you mentioned Liam Brennan. From listening to the commentary, he seemed to have an absolute outstanding game kicking off left and right. And mm. um, the Cox didn't seem to have much of an answer for him other than to uh, keep firing the ball to the back of the net. And he's doing this, James Hickey wore seven, but he went back onto him. And when you're getting the score off James Hickey, you're working for it. So that'll tell you how good the scores were and how good that pass was when whenever he, he put it in. Evan Core actually, his free taking off the ground is very, very impressive. Like they're all distance kicks off the ground. Um, you know, it's, it's mad. If that was the final, you'd be talking about as the greatest junior A final of all time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we're now looking at probably what is near enough, the most intriguing junior yeah. A final of all time. Mm-hmm. St. Mullins coming up, possibly doing a three in a row up the ladder, which I don't know if that's ever been done, but, Man, it offers serious intrigue. I don't know where you start on on even looking at that, but I suppose we'll start with the semi-final. And I went into this game, admittedly, Brian, not knowing a whole lot about Palatine's second team. Uh, yeah. Sean Boogie is someone that I'll definitely give a shout out to. Sean Boogie in the goal. I think we've, we've Karki back with us. Yeah, on, Karki, you got your You're all right. Um, Star Wars Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Sean, Sean Boogie was, was fantastic in the goal. Made several point blanker. Sean Woods at fullback for Palo when he came out the field actually a little bit more in the second half. Looked really, really good indeed. Matthew Farrell, uh, Dylan Doyle at centre forward really impressed me. Thought he was thought he was a great bit of stuff. James Cranny, talk about a guy who like you know, you see forward sometimes when they take on a few shots and they go away, they drop the head. Didn't drop the head. Kept running, won every ball that came in, was rewarded with a couple of points in the second half. Pal lost Scobie Reid in the second half early on, just a moment of madness, and he had to go by all accounts. I didn't see it, neither did George Stevie, but spoke the guys after, and it was a straight red. And you can probably tell by his body language when he didn't argue it, he had to go and he knew feck it after after losing the hair momentarily. Would it have been enough to turn the game? I don't believe so. I think Seth Mullins were pretty dominant throughout. I mean, it did get back to a two or three point game, having said that. But I'm looking down at a lot of strokes of a pen here beside St. Mullins on top of the programme. Uh, and that's why it's, they went into double figures. So they created more opportunities. They are getting better game on game. They're obviously a physical side. We know that. They're fit. But their football is improving week on week. Mm. It's going to be some battle. I don't know where you'd even start with looking at. Be honest. Just on that, just on that, Kevin, uh, we actually played St. Mullins in the group stages down in mm. St. Mullins now. And... Um, I was amazed to come off the pitch. I thought we'd lost by about 16 points because it was like kicking the ball against the wall. I was coming straight back in. But we only lost by six points. And as you said, listen, their shooting was a bit awry. 
uh, then, but I mean, they were moving at serious pace. Obviously, seriously fit lads from the hurling and stuff like that. But don't underestimate um, the likes of Marty Kavanagh and that. I mean, they're very, very good footballers. And you don't you don't just go up through the ranks of junior and everything like that and get to finals, as you said. Finals are very hard to get to. So um, do do not underestimate how good this St. Bones team is. You know. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, I am just after remembering back to my refereeing days. I'm almost certain I was doing linesman at an intermediate league final between St. Mullins and Aske. Uh, so it's not... Okay, so I've got something long ago. It's a long time ago since they were competitive at intermediate. But the question I want to ask is, if you were to look at the Fighting Cox and St. Mullins and one of them is going to be intermediate next year, in terms of... Uh, regular footballers you'd probably give fighting cocks more of a hope of going up and and staying up whereas it'd be a massive massive challenge for st mullins to go up and they may well do but you and i suppose one of the benefits maybe of the five or six weeks in a row is st mullins massively benefit from being solely focusing on football now for the last five or six weeks and allows for that improvement so there's so many different ways of cutting this and, uh, and looking at it but uh, you said it Kev it's going to be such an intriguing junior A final yeah sure it is like there's there's no two ways about it um was it I don't want to I'll just say it was Joe or Stevie I think I know who it was said the other night that at times with the way set ones are playing now their shooting needs to improve right that is the big elephant in the room Clark he said it there it's uh I can't remember what their their, their wide tally was against Lockton Bridge but certainly the other night wasn't great Seamus Murphy said it himself if they start improving on that Cox could be in a little bit of bother right but the point was one of the lads said that the way St. Mullins were playing when they're in form if they were to play the Cornwall Leinster Rangers senior football team would you tip for a senior championship I think Brian <laughs> would there be much in it and I thought about that for a second and I said Just that's, that might be a mad thing to come out with but hold on now would there be would there be actually so you're saying about the fighting cocks going intermediate, I suppose, and probably by all accounts, the earlier games, like St. Mullins probably they got a fierce tanking off of Pal in the first round, right? And got over yourselves, Clarky. And then the big one was Ballin. Now, next year, if they were say for argument's sake to go intermediate, you can't afford to ease into an intermediate championship, the same as the junior A, because you get such a bait in your first two games. You won't have to play for in the third round, probably. And if mm-hmm. you know, with the new score difference thing or head to heads and all this, or so who knows, anyways, is you. But I would say, like, in terms of well, in terms of taking it seriously and having guys that are better equipped to having us all that an intermediate, sure, it's an no-brainer. The Cox are training for for the last what we'll say nine months, so ones are training for for the last six weeks, and that defies all logic. And that's what makes this interesting because it's still a 50 50 game. Yeah. yeah, and it's important. You shouldn't underestimate. Uh, I mean, Morris Brown and Tony Bulger over the Cox, and uh, I was helping out Morris with the under twenties, and he's a serious football brain. You know, he's fantastic. And on the other side of it is, you have Sam Bunnell's players that are used to playing in a top class full, full pelt. They're winners, you know. Not everybody's winners, but they are serious winners. They're, they're on the playing for Carlo in Crow Park. I mean, like these boys. Once they cross the white line, whether it's hurling football, they don't want to lose, you know. And um, so it's going to be a fantastic final, you know. And um, they cops blood on me as well, so we'll uh, we'll see how it go. 
Yeah. Where, 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 where's the, is your mommy from the Cox? Yeah, uh, my dad. My dad, yeah. From Greg's dog. Yeah. Yeah. Which is I thought. Okay. Okay. And no, so the, 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 the bike the bike shop or the, the home place then for you is is in total, but uh, yeah, my, my my dad's home place would be Greg and dog I never knew that. That's yes, yeah, yeah. My god. Next um, election information sorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> noted. Although, um, yeah, but come here, Kev. On in the Cox Ballon match, was it did Mahi Dowling kick a, a sideline? Uh, or, uh, and do you know what the sad thing is, Brian? I don't know if that game was videos, I don't oh. know, but I would plea for anyone that potentially did videos to share that clip online. It was Matty, Matty, Dow- what Stevie said, Matty Ford, Mega Morphed into Matty Dowling. Um, <laughs> Featuring a Morris Fitzgerald special. Ah, it was class. He looked around, there was nothing on. He said, Fake it outside of the right peg. Ah, it was unbelievable. You had to see to believe it. And kicking into the scoreboard, and was it? Or... He was kicking into the scoreboard, and he's between the 21 and 14 flags. Like, that's how tight the angle was. Like, it was actually, it was probably more impressive than Morris Fitzgerald's one, given the angle he had was a little bit more significant, I suppose, in, in what he had to do or what he was what he was trying to do and, and what he achieved. Yeah, that was that was phenomenal, actually. Yeah. Um, so savage that even Mikey Moran is saying it was savage. So that's a that's a huge <laughs> uh, compliment. And um, I've no doubt Matty will uh, print off what you just said. Matty Dowling more impressive than Morris Fitzgerald and stick it up in the bedroom uh, to, to admire. Um, moving on to the, to the Junior B then, we have a, an epic, epic clash uh, happening there. Battle of, of Carroll Town. Uh, Aska, VRO, Aska had a, I suppose, a... A massive victory over Clamore this morning. Obviously, Clamore lost two of their main players mm-hmm. in that panel uh, to the intermediates yesterday. So it was a um, a real hockey, in, which won't actually benefit Aska to any in, in any shape or form. And a rogue beat Ralph Fiddley by, by uh, six points this morning out in Ireland. Actually, I think the two games were happening um, side by side on the two pitches, which is uh, interesting as well. But uh, yeah, the, the bragging rights in in, in Carlow Town for for those, and there definitely cannot be two clubs that are. Uh, closer than uh, Aska and, and Aerog, so it'll be uh, it'll be really really uh, exciting to see that one. Yeah, we, we play, one we play, sorry, we played Aska in a in a practice match now, and they're they're moving seriously, you know, seriously well. Um, they're very good. And uh, what you say about Aerog is Aerog, if you play their first, second, third, fourth, fifth team, that they have footballers, you know, the footballers all the way down, and uh, I mean, like it, it's it's a fantastic final. And uh, there'll be loads of banter, loads of color, loads of everything. And your point, uh, when is that final, Brian? Sorry, you know. The junior B is with the senior, I believe, and the junior A and intermediate are Saturday. Okay, like I mean, again, wouldn't you love for two weeks there to build that up? You know, like as you say, get the bunch yeah. and I, I could get a bit of crack going, you know. Um, but again, listen, it's just crazy. There's no reason for this. Uh, is it to facilitate the likes of the Kildare County finals, which shouldn't be happening? You know what I mean? Like, like, let's look after our own, you know. That's an absolutely brilliant point. When is the Kildare County final? Uh, I don't know. Is the semi final uh, final? In, in previous in weekend, then, isn't it? Isn't it the 15th? I'll go back and check the tweet again. Well, I yeah. think it possibly is, yeah. Yeah, so, Astro, look, it is, it is what is, I guess, I suppose. Mm. Um, it's unfortunate that we're, we're talking about it, but here we are, I guess. But from Aska's point of view, it's not different to what we're saying about 
St. Patrick's and Clamore getting senior. Like we need Asker back up the ranks. And mm-hmm. the strides that they've made in recent years shouldn't go unnoticed. Um, you know, there's a perception and that is very disingenuous to, to Aska that they get players that have come from Aero and have come from the blues. That was probably thrown at them in, in years in years gone by. But if you look at what they're doing with underage sites, they're organic players and they're impressive players. And there's a lot of those now after filtering through already onto the senior side, um, which is, yeah, which is great. It's great to see in one sense. But it brings back the age-old argument too. And uh, I don't wish to change from Junior B to this particular one. But you look at Port Leash, like, and you look at one club in the whole of Port Leash, and we look at our town, and we have Vero with the Blues and Aske. And sure, I was looking at, actually saw a clip of Ender Rowland in goal for his club today. He scored a goal from a poke out over in Leash, right? Ender Rowland could probably took, poke two slitters from O'Hanrahan's down to Aero and bypass Aske's pitch on the way, like. And we're looking at three different clubs now. <laughs> I know we had a bit of crack with Billy Fanning about amalgamations last week, but there's a fair split there. And then yeah. Hall not being too far away, Tenryland only out the road. Yeah. Look at Poor Leash and look at Nace as well as, as examples and, and the numbers yeah. games that's involved there. Um, I don't know what the point I'm trying to make, but it's just that there is a stark difference, basically. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know. and we can't ignore Greg as well. You know, it, there was a time when Greg, uh, Greg played football in Carlo, and that if there was another club there, it would be uh, be just incredible. Um, I have to mention my uh, colleague uh, Fintan Feelin, uh, who regularly cheers for uh, Airog, and then when Aska get to a final, he cheers for them as well. I think his brother even plays midfield for Aska, so I'd be absolutely fascinated to see what jersey he'll be wearing uh, next Sunday morning. Uh, so give him a shout out there. Um, to recap all the finals, then so it's Aska v Airog in the Junior B. It's St. Mullins v. the Fighting Cox in the Junior A. It's Clamore v. Tullo in the Intermediate. And it's Tenryl and Nairog in the Senior. Anybody that would have predicted those uh, four uh, parents in, in, in a final would be well uh, worthy of being a millionaire. I'd say so. And do you know what? We haven't got the yes. There's a few relegations final this week of serious importance. Jeez. Yeah. Friday night. Friday night. Yeah, so Clark, you're you're yeah. on before Pal and Fenna. Yeah, and Ireland are seven in the junior relegation playoff, yeah. and then the senior ones half uh, half eight. Yeah, uh, yeah. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Nevin has has his own training there for six nights a week. You know, and Johnny has uh, trained this, so he has gone strong. That's because he's getting yeah. hundred night. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't even cover. Wouldn't even cover. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we we won't we won't push Tarky on a on a prediction for for that one for fear of being accused of maybe a possible match fixing scandal or something like a, another famous goalkeeper called Mister Gobbler. But um, this this senior relegation final has garnered a lot of intrigue over recent weeks. There is a genuine uh, there is a genuine feeling that Fenna have a right chance in this, a right good chance now. By the same token, a lot of people feel there's no way Potter are going to get relegated. It's not going yeah. to happen. Clark, you, here's the hard question for you now. What way do you see it going? Well, it's very interesting that the one year old Auckland are not in it, they decided to bring it into the county grounds, you know? <laughs> and, and this is it. I mean, like, we, we played relegation finals on a Wednesday night out in Fenna at 8, eight o'clock, half eight, and spilling rain and tight pitch and everything, you know? But listen, that's maybe for the hierarchy. But um, 
Uh, I, I think Fenner would have stood a lot better chance if it was out in the training centre. Um, I think the open space will probably uh, suit Pal much better. Um, I listen. Uh, I, I think Fenner have a free shot at this. You know, um, you know. I mean, they they have a lot of young players and uh, they've nothing to lose. Listen, go for it. Go for it. You know, uh, Palantine have the experience, obviously. And they won't they won't want to go down because I mean like they are county champions. Um I mean there's pride there uh, and saying, listen, when is the last time county champions got relegated? I I I, I don't know. But um listen, anything can happen in relegation. Anything, you know, and, and I mean like uh did Fenna go six points up against uh Tin Island at one stage, you know. I so think, I yeah. mean like, like if you lay in high balls, anything can happen. It's just I, I listen. I I, I do expect uh, Palantine to win, but uh, yeah, if I have a free shot, go for it. You know, Clarky, didn't he get to the county final the year after being in a relegation final? It was oh eight. Yeah, when when he Joe took us over. Yeah, when Joe took us over, and uh, we, we got three friends in a row. Then you know, um, last one and one two under Joe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know so um, yeah so uh yeah like like i mean like to, to, to win one and, and when structure comes in and everything goes right i, I mean like that, that's why this year was massive for all Auckland. and uh, okay we didn't get past the quarter final but the, the the pressure of playing in a relegation now i played in relegation finals i, I played in a county final and there's more pressure in a relegation final than there'll ever be in, in, in a county final because you just don't want to be on the pitch when you get relegated. And I have got relegated uh, with Tullow uh, years ago uh, and that, like, you know, and and it's the worst place in the world. It's the worst place in the world. So you don't want to be there. Uh, and I think that's the, 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 the pressure on, on players in that situation is a hell of a lot more than a pressure on a player in the comes final, you know? And Fenna are just simply going to have to, what's the word, would you say, ex- express themselves or uh, play with it, uh, abandon, but they've just, they've, there's so much more football in them than they've shown this year, and I know from talking to to David Hickey and, and a couple of other Fennel lads, you know, they, they were really hampered in trying to get their, um, uh, couldn't get, I think, did they get three practice games in before the championship started? I think some of the likes of Erogan and Philly and, and Tyrion probably paid played eight nine ten challenge games you know and that there's a massive gulf then in terms of even rustiness and, and all that kind of thing but like pal you'd have to say it's i don't know what the odds are but you have to say pal will surely stay up there the county champions have some serious football and talent there but if fenna can get it together and i suppose get up for it and express themselves with between Choo Choo and Pari Kynes mm-hmm. and uh, Lomux and there's, there's, as you start listing off the names there in Fenna, you're going, why would they fear anybody, you know? Mm. I don't suspect, Brian, that they'll feel as much pressure. I, mm. I'm i not suggesting whatever, anything. Yeah, I'm not suggesting anything untoward, right? But Fenna can't really feel as much pressure as Pali coming in here. Like there's probably an embarrassment from Pali's point of view that they've ended up here as county champions, right? In their own in their own club, uh, that that has happened. So that brings a bit of pressure as well. Now Fenno won't want to go down, but I'm not going to say there was an acceptance, but there was a kind of a 
a well-known theory from the get-go that Fenner were going to struggle because preparation hadn't been where it was. That I don't know was that as clear with Pal. And I mean, when push comes to shove, uh, both of these teams have shown in pressure games that they can perform, right? So Pal are county champions. They've got themselves into this situation. It hasn't been a good year, but they've proven on a day when it matters that they can deliver the goods. And then you have these Fenner guys. Yes, the championship hasn't gone well. How many finals? I'll, I'll put it to you this way. How many finals have Hines and, and like them has lost in anything? Mm-hmm. Very little. Very mm-hmm. little. Take mm-hmm. the fact that there's no cup here. It's survival. Uh, I think it's a really intriguing game. I very much look forward to that. Could ride my shield the night before in the intermediate playoff. That's the yeah, Thursday. I don't know the exact time. I'll check it before we go off here. I think the, the public order unit has been called in for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be... Uh, I mean, that, yeah, just complete arm wrestle, isn't it? Jeez, I think, I just remembered, I think Rafferty were the last county champions to end up in a, uh, 2005. We won it 2004. And then Maura was in the Rose of Tralee, and the entire village and its mother went down to Tralee, and we lost to... Mount no, Lester Rangers. Rangers, uh, yes, wasn't uh, it? Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. And... Uh, I think, so I think I think we were the last county champions to end up in a relegation. That's more and more for that. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And she knows it. Queen Darren wanted to be careful. She get the blame for losing to the semi final. Absolutely, absolutely. No. They're, 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 they're two superstars. Uh, yeah, sure ah, yeah. But um, seven that game is. I just checked it there. And that intermediate uh, relegation. Um, I actually when. When uh, Kilbride lost to, um, who did Kilbride lose the last game to? Remind me, was it? Ballin-Rana? Lost by a point to Ballerana, I think, wasn't it? And, yeah, yeah came out of the grounds, and I just happened to be talking to Liam Foley and Anthony Curry, and uh, sure, like Anthony's in an awful state there because he, having won, I don't know how many senior hurling medals he has with with Nave Owen, and obviously um, you know, Stephen and Alan involved uh, with Kilbride. It's a, it's a real. Uh, it's a real saucy one, and you'd, you'd feel for him. And then, um, junior A relegation is yourselves, Clarky, and who did we say? Right, um, right, and then, uh, I'm not sure, is, there, is there a relegation, junior B? I don't know, was that fixed up actually? I wasn't, I wasn't minding too much, I don't know that. to be honest. But yeah, I think that's where we're at. We, is ladies' finals next weekend? I think possibly yeah, as well. Uh, is it two, two o'clock on Saturday in Dr. Cullen Park? Dr. Cullen Park's going to be busy Saturday, it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it will, it will, and it, it's funny. Was it uh, uh, Croc was saying yesterday in an interview that he, he thought the bunting would have been put up for the for the men in Clonmore, but it was actually put up for St. Bridges because the women were in the got to the county final first, so uh, that was interesting. But like, it's been it's been a hectic uh, five weeks and been absolutely fascinating. And next weekend, now we'll like we could have you could nearly do a two hour show for the next weekend with whatever way results are going to go. Um, and who knows? There might even be a few more penalties. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a, a a tool who approves annual leave for someone on the most important week of the year. All right, Dunzer. <laughs> Me being the tool, and you would let us go on annual leave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I want to blame. See that thing? Where is this? Uh, see that thing on my finger there? <laughs> yeah, be careful now because it could be sawn off you. Yeah, and if you want to get tools, of course, you can go to Connie's Top Lane in Bynestown, uh, just to put in a, a shameless plug there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's been something, as you say, magical about the, 
the, the football championships. I think they've been absolutely brilliant. Uh, as regards our plans the next few days, who knows? Phone calls probably will be made sometime tomorrow to see what we will or won't do. Uh, it can be it can be difficult. We didn't get a uh, hurling up for the match. I don't know if we'll have a football one, but uh, we'll see what we can do in terms of uh, interviews hope, during the week. I hope you do, because uh, I'll be in the south of Spain and I'll be dying to tune in uh, from a bar with a little beer in my hand. So please, and appeal, appeal to all the clubs uh, to come and get involved and, and, and uh, do it up for the match, because it'll be, it'll be great crack, great crack. Yeah, they generally tend to be that way, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to the season, some great crack as well, Dunzer. Thanks a million. And, and thanks, Darky. Uh, nice. money. You're ten times better than McHugh. <laughs> <laughs> Does that say that? <laughs> it's a low bar, low bar, you know. Uh, but uh, no, I suppose unless there's anything else, Kev. Uh, thanks, Bill, for letting me host again, and thanks for the last few weeks. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure and uh, great to have the the chats and the post mortems after after everything. And keep up the great work. And uh, thanks, Bill, for two. Yeah, look, thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Uh, I'll just thank the sponsors very quickly. We have these on the screen: Connie's Top Line, Earth Spa, Scats, JJ Services, Seamus Burn Electrical, Talbot Fitness, PFT Travel, The Arbery, and Rail Wheeling, and Car Electrical Service. To the listeners and contributors this evening, and of course Dunzer and Clarkey, thank you very much. Really, really enjoyable. Yours, Kev. Take care, folks. All the best, Kev. See you,